Wake it on 1350 ESPN. So we got a short show today. We got to get to it. Pete, turn that music down just a little bit, please. Thank you, sir. Pete, second day on the board. You did not dissolve or set the show on fire last week. So That's I, good to know. I consider that a win. Yeah. You've done very well. <laughs> uh, we got a short show this morning or this afternoon, whatever. It's 12 o'clock. Hello, if you're listening to us on 1350 ESPN. My name is Mike Wickett. We are uh, also streaming on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. We got Cubs baseball coming your way. 1245, game one of a three-game series for the Baby Bears against the Redbirds. Uh, we'll have a Pat and Ron for you right here on uh, 1350 ESPN. We'll be doing that at 1245. First pitch at 120. All right, so let's get right to a lot of stuff. Coming up, we are going to, um, as you know by listening to this show, uh, you in the Des Moines area may be a Green Bay Packers fan, but there's always drama surrounding the Packers here in the offseason. We're not going to spend a ton of time talking about Aaron Rodgers particularly, but the guy that is his backup and should be his backup the entire year. Uh, he is in the news for one practice in shorts, and the entire world is on fire. Just what? Uh, also, we'll get into some NBA talk and what was uh, on display last night between the Bucks and the Nets. I would give you all of my hot takes on the Western Conference playoffs, but honestly, Pete, mm-hmm. I'm not awake. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stay up for West Coast Western Conference playoff basketball these days because... My main gig is the morning show on Laser 103.3, mm-hmm. and that alarm these days goes off around 4.15 or 4.20 in the Ooh. morning. Yikes. And so I'm not staying up to watch the Suns, the Jazz, the Nuggets, or the Clippers, mm-hmm. because those games end at, like, midnight. And it's just... Maybe if they can play an early afternoon or early evening game Saturday or Sunday, mm-hmm. I'll be able to watch it. But we've got to talk about but, uh, the Bucks and the Nets we got to talk about Giannis. We'll do that coming up. But if you're an Iowa football fan, and I know that you're an Iowa football fan. Oh, yeah. You have to be excited, Pete. I think, although you're not of age, that they are now going to be selling beer and wine at Kinnick Stadium this fall. I know you're 19, right? I'm 20. You're 20. You've Plus, never had a beer, I'm sure. Of course. Never. Never. No, college... Young college kids like you, underage, you know better, you would never imbibe. Exactly, yes. Peter, I appreciate your honesty on this program. Mm-hmm. You're doing really, really well. Thank you, thank you. Um, but they're now going to sell beer and wine at Kinnick Stadium. And mm-hmm. this is a brilliant move. It, unfortunately, it, it's like, and, and personally, here's how, you know, not to get political, but it's like every state that drags its feet on, on gambling, on sports betting. Yeah is losing out on millions of dollars, yes. taxable dollars that could be cut, brought into their state and spent on whatever. I feel the same way about marijuana. Every state that drags its feet, either on medical pot or on recreational pot, mm-hmm. is missing out on a ton of money. We happen to live in a state, in Iowa, that has legal sports betting and has legal medical marijuana, mm-hmm. which, is, which is fine. Um, but every state that drags its feet on both of those is losing out on millions and millions of dollars. Yes. Because, by the way, if you live in, uh, I don't know what the sports spending rules are in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. but if you live in Wisconsin and you can't bet on sports legally, I guarantee you, because I used to live there, there are people who still bet on it. So it's not like you're keeping people from doing it. Yeah. What you're keeping is you're keeping tax dollars out of your own pocket. Pretty much. Same way I feel about pot. 
Yeah. It's not legal in any fashion, I don't believe, up in Wisconsin. But I know plenty of guys who smoke weed when I live there. Mm. <laughs> okay. I know plenty of people who smoke pot in Missouri when I live down there. It's now legally medical, uh, legal, legal medically. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for Kansas. I know plenty of people when I lived in Kansas City on the other side of the state line who smoked a lot of weed. Mm -hmm. And none of it's legal in the state of Kansas. So for Iowa to join the ranks of six other Big Ten schools that will now allow beer sales, it's smart financially. Um, they made a few changes to some other things, but if you haven't seen it, it's on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. You can now go buy beer and wine throughout Kinnick Stadium, which I think is great. Uh, and you can do it at Carver Hawkeye Arena this winter, uh, along with uh, Dwayne Banks Field and Bob Pearl Field, and also they're going to be part of the, the, the pilot program here. The one place you can't buy beer at Kinnick Stadium is where you sit, Pete, in the oh. student section, which is... You know, they, they, of course, Gary Barda is going to come out and say, well, we're concerned. You know, we don't want to uh, encourage drinking with uh, the youth of our school. And we're concerned about underage drinking because oh, yeah. I could go buy two beers, come back to the student section and hand one off. And Pete, you could be sitting there and you, how a beer would wind up in your 20-year-old hand. I mean, uh -huh. I, once, I once got a minor in possession. Back when I was young, because a beer found its way into my 19-year-old hand. I had no idea how it got Yeah, there, right? who knows? No clue whatsoever. 30% um, of all the net alcohol sales are going to be going towards research-based initiatives developed and supported by the UI Alcohol Harm Reduction Committee formed in 2009 to decrease high-risk drinking and the related harmful consequences. I don't know if, and I, I don't know, Pete, you're a young man. Mm -hmm. You go to school at Mizzou. Yep. You live here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, do a lot. I don't know. What you, you don't have anything to compare it to, I guess. But would you say a good percentage of your friends, eight, nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one, drink heavily? Yeah. Okay. So beer pong on a Tuesday night mm -hmm. is not a bad. Is not a. It's not uncommon. Okay. I don't know if these programs are going to go to do anything to reduce the amount of younger students. Yeah. Who are out there drinking? Like mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of Big Ten schools. I can't anymore. I'm 40. You know, creepy. I've just realized that I would be creepy if I showed up at a party with you. Like, if I went to a class, like, a, you're like, Mike, come down to Columbia. Mm -hmm. You know, Iowa's, for whatever reason, playing at Columbia at a non-conference game. They're yeah. not, but just whoever. I'm going to go down. I'm going to do a, a, a Mizzou game. Maybe mm -hmm. they're playing Florida, and they're playing in, in Columbia. Uh -huh. And I'll be like, yeah, my producer, Pete, he's got a party going on. I'm going to bring my wife. We're going to go. We could be... All of your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I've just realized that at 40, even at 39, I thought I was still hip, or 38. Mm -hmm. It has just occurred to me that if I showed up at one of your parties to, to play beer pong, yeah. I would prop, would I be asked to leave? No. We're pretty chill, but okay. it's still creepy. A little. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm fine with that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I understand it. Uh, the other news uh, about Iowa football, the parking lot around the stadium, the parking lots for Kinnick Stadium are going to have new hours. And it used to be they opened at 6 a.m. Whenever you got there, you got there. And whenever kickoff was and you got there, whatever you can do, you mm -hmm. know? 
they have changed that. And I think this is probably smart from a, if they really are truly concerned, which, you know, I joke about having beers and playing beer pong, but there are a lot of problems with alcohol in this country. And, and there's reason to say that we need to make sure not to encourage excessive drinking by students and younger people. But the, now the new, the new stadium parking lot rules are out, and they're probably, probably good. It's now six hours before kickoff, which is still, by the way, a long time mm-hmm. to tailgate and drink before a football game. It doesn't mean that young people still aren't going to wake up at 7 a.m. and start getting hammered in Iowa City for a night game. It's still going to happen. You mm-hmm. just can't do it on the parking lot grounds. Yeah. You can't do it on the football parking or in the football parking lots. So the new rule is six hours before kickoff and no earlier than 6 a.m. So if it's an 11 o'clock game, it's 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. If it's a 2:30 game, it's what 8:30. Is that six hours? 8:30 yeah. in the morning, the parking lots will open at Kinnick. And if it's the 7 p.m. game, it's 1 p.m. for the tailgating. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's going to be like, well, I'm not going to Kinnick anymore. (laughs) That can't happen. You've taken away the extra four hours of drinking. I just can't handle myself. (laughs) Find a bar to go to in Iowa City. Find a house to go to. Or just don't drink an extra four hours. I mean, if you're going to drink for six hours, you're going to be pretty pretty well hammered. Yeah. You know, I know you people probably have... You know, their cornhole games and their tailgates and their football toss and, you know, whatever other games. What's the game called with the ball on, on each end? Polish golf or whatever oh, they yeah, call yeah. it. You know, I don't know what it's called. But I'm not I know trying to be about. derogatory, by the way, if you mm-hmm. are Polish. Um, but whatever that game is called, it's like something golf. I don't, I don't really know. But uh, you'll still have plenty of time to do all of that. So, so you're good. Uh, but props to, to the University of Iowa for allowing uh, beer sales throughout the stadium, which it's cool to go to a, a, a collegiate sporting event. It's weird still to go to a collegiate sporting event and have beer sales. It still feels weird. I think about half of the Power Five conferences allow it right now. Mm. The other college football news that happened this week, I didn't expect this. The college football playoff will consider expansion. Now, currently, it's the four-team field, and you know who's always mad? The fifth team. Yeah. It's always, well, do you have two SEC teams, even though, you know, you have a one-loss Big 12 champion or a two-loss SEC team? Yeah. Now we've decided to not just jump from four to eight. We've decided to jump from four to 12. And next week, the college football commissioners, the college football playoff management committee, which sounds so official, Mm -hmm. will meet and see if this is going to be the best idea. Who gets in? The six highest-ranked conference champions. So if you are the Big Sky conference champion, there's a real good shot you're not getting in. It doesn't matter if you win. It's going to be the Big Five, the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the, the, the ACC, and who did I, I miss? SEC, ACC, Pac-12. Pac-12, Big 12, Big Ten. There's your five. So those five are going to get in, and then it's going to be... Conference USA mm-hmm. or the Mountain West or, the, or American. the American, you know, Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina. And then it's going to be the next, the next six teams selected, the next six best teams selected. So then, the, I mean, either way, I've always said this. It doesn't matter if we stay at four, go to eight, go to 12, or eventually we're going to get to 16. 
that next team on the cusp is going to be upset. Yeah. Team 13 is going to be angry, whoever it is. If yeah. it's Oregon, or if it's Iowa State, or if it's a third SEC team, like, you know, Alabama's always going to get in, yeah. but what about Georgia? What about, mm -hmm. you know, Auburn or whomever, A&M? Somebody's always going to be mad that they're the last team not allowed. And that yet. even happens in, like, the NCAA tournament. Sure I remember it does. Louisville fans were upset because they were the 65th team and yeah. they didn't get in. Yeah. It was like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Even if Notre Dame is the number one team in the country, it's not going to get one of these buys because if you don't realize, one through four get a first-round buy, but one through four will be the high four conference champions. Yeah. So if Notre Dame, who right now is not in a conference, finishes the, con finishes the season number one in the nation, mm -hmm. they're the seventh seed. Yeah. Which is nuts, but okay, I guess. Five through 12 will play each other on the home field advantage of the better team. So five and 12, six and 11 will play each other mm -hmm. on the better team's field. And then after that, they go to neutral site. So if you were thinking... As an Iowa fan, let's say you're an Iowa fan and they somehow get in, uh, or if you're Iowa State, and they somehow get in as the five, mm -hmm. all right? That first game is going to be played at Jack Trice. That second game, and let's say you match up with, like, Alabama or whatever, you're not getting Alabama in December yeah. <laughs> to come up. Or, if, you know, Iowa State gets that bye into the first four, mm -hmm. you're not getting that second-round matchup after you had the week off. You're not going to get Florida to come up to Iowa City or Ames to come play in the middle of December, which would be awesome on like 10 reasons, because I'd love to see one of these, you know, uh, warm weather schools yeah. come and play. Like if Ohio State is hosting, you think like Ole Miss wants to go to Columbus in no. December? Columbus sucks anyway. Ohio's <laughs> a terrible state, but that place sucks in December. I have been there. <laughs> it is awful. Uh, so that is the other big news. I mean, the bottom line is fans want it. Like, I want more football. You want to watch more football. Mm -hmm. And the real bottom line is money. Money, 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 money. That's what it comes down to because now they'll be able to sell more TV, get more advertising, get more eyes, and they'll be able to uh, basically keep lining their pockets mm -hmm. off the, the backs of these collegiate athletes. Potentially a team could play a 17-game schedule because mm -hmm. you would have 12 games, your conference championship that makes 13, and then three more. So 16 games? You could be playing a 16-game schedule in college? I mean, only a couple of teams will be playing that. Not everybody, but you, you, know, you know what I mean. Uh, so that is up on the Facebook page as well. You want to check it out on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. You can do so still to come. Jordan turns heads, but straight ahead. Did you watch the Bucks and the Nets last night? Were you inspired by either, either team's performance as they both scored 86 points? <laughs> we'll get that coming up next. You're listening to Wicket's World on Des Moines 1350 ESPN. All right, so remember when I told you about getting your AC system checked before the heat set in in the summer here in Iowa? Well, it's here and it's hot. 
Hey, it's Wicket, and if you find yourself in need of an AC repair or a new AC system, call my guys at Conant Services. Conant Services is a licensed HVAC contractor whose staff will arrive on time in uniform with the tools and knowledge they need to help you figure out your AC problem. Conant Services is a qualified, independent, American standard dealer, and that means they work with the best. If you end up needing a new unit, they can help you figure out which one is the best fit for your home. They're not here to sell you something you don't need. American standard heating and air conditioning systems are quiet, energy efficient, and built to a higher standard. Take it from me. If you've got a problem with your AC, call my guys at Conant Services. 515-967-0002 or go to Conant that's C-O-N-N-E-T-T services.com that's ConnetServices.com. Conant Services home of the 10-year parts and labor warranty and a proud independent American standard heating and air dealer ESPN in Des Moines. Happy Friday to you. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Coming up, uh, <laughs> it's amazing how the narrative about the Packers quarterback situation changed based on one practice. One practice in shorts this week. That's coming up in about 12 minutes from right now. Cubs baseball comes your way here on 1350 ESPN. Cubs and Cards, game one from Wrigley. 1245 for the pregame. We'll hand it off to Pat and Ron. And uh, you'll hear that one, plus the other two games this weekend series as well here on 1350 ESPN. So last night, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks managed to get a game in what was true. I mean, if there's ever a must-win game, it was game three last night for the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference playoffs, round two against the Nets. Because game one, there are people out there, Bucks fans, that saw the first game when James Harden was out in the first minute of the game and thought, it's a tremendous opportunity. My chair is making all kinds of noise. I apologize. It's a tremendous opportunity that Milwaukee has afforded when one of the big three is out. I mean, the super team that is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden loses a little luster when James Harden gets knocked out of the game because of the hamstring injury, the quad, or whatever it was, the leg injury. And a bunch of Bucks fans all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all over the Internet were mad because Milwaukee really blew an opportunity to go up 1-0, steal the first game, and really take away all the momentum that Brooklyn had built in the first round in their series win over the, Brooklyn, over the, uh, the Boston Celtics. And they lost. And it was like, oh, well, they'll come back. They can't possibly shoot 16% from three. They can't possibly play that bad in game two. And you know what? They played worse. <laughs> they actually played worse. I really did feel like the Bucks were going to get better efforts out of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and Giannis was going to wise it up. And they were going to get that win in game two. And they got beat by 39. I didn't even watch the second half. Pete, I turned it off. I was making dinner. I'm watching the game. My wife comes up the stairs, and I'm making salmon. I got the TV here in the, the, the kitchen. I'm over here and watching it through, like, this cutout in the wall that we have. And she says, are we going to have to watch this? And I said, nope, because they were down 30 at halftime. Like, what the, what the hell is the point of watching that? You're not, gonna, mm-hmm. you're not coming back. This Bucks team against Durant and Kyrie in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. we're coming back from down 30. Yeah. Not happening. Mm-hmm. And so... I'll tell you what, I was uneasy for two days. As a Bucks fan, I was uneasy for two days. I think as basketball fans, we all want to see good series. Like, 
who doesn't want to see this go seven? Mm-hmm. So, I, well, I'm saying, like, I think this is bigger than the Eastern uh, Finals, just because I think one of these two teams is going to represent the East in the Finals easily. You think this is the Eastern Conference Finals? I think this is the unofficial Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think especially with how banged up Embiid seems to be getting over there in Philadelphia, I don't know if Atlanta has enough talent to beat either Milwaukee or Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I think the winner of this, assuming everyone stays healthy, I think the winner of this series comes out of the East. Yeah. Um, and so going into last night's game, as a Bucks fan, I was very nervous because if they lose that game, then it's just two months of getting excited about Jordan Love. That's really all it is. I mean, if you're a Milwaukee sports fan, you're probably a Brewers fan too, but it's all about the Love-Rogers thing if the Bucks get bounced out of, a playoffs, out of a playoff run early like they have in the last two years. Yeah, last year was early. The previous year they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. And so I'm watching this game, and I have been banging this drum for three years now. And, no, and some people have agreed with me, but there's a real problem if you're the, MV, the two-time MVP of the league. There's a real problem if you haven't figured out <laughs> to shoot the basketball. Yeah. If you don't know how to shoot the basketball, That's a problem. it's going to be a problem. This is a league dominated by guards wing players, guys from the outside. And I love Giannis. I love that he stayed in a small market. I hope that Dame Lillard does the same thing in Portland. You know, I, I, I really, I love that about him. But Giannis can't shoot. Yeah. Giannis has basically one really, really dominant skill. And that is anything around four feet. Straight line driving. Cutting. But for some reason, and this is on his head coach as well, We'll talk about Mike Budenholzer here in a second. But for some reason, Giannis hasn't figured out that he can't shoot. And Giannis is going to cost the Milwaukee Bucks plenty of championship opportunities until he figures out, A, how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Or B, that he can't shoot. Or, and C, uh, or C, how not to take 10 seconds at the free throw. That's a different story. <laughs> because that goes into it. Like, his inability to shoot from the outside, coupled with his inability to shoot... From the free throw line, it limits his his ability. Like, if you think about this, your one skill is getting to the rack. Mm -hmm. That is the thing you are great at. Maybe one of the best ever to penetrate, drive, overpower, use your length, use the euro. That is the one thing Giannis is great at. And what does that generally lead to? Contact and trips to the foul line. And he sucks at shooting free throws. Are you old enough to remember Hackashack? I know what it is, but I've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, fine. <laughs> this used to happen with Shaquille O'Neal, who was a terrible free throw shooter. Teams would just hack him, not let him get a shot up, because usually if he gets a shot up, he's strong enough to get it off the backboard or the rim or whatever, go to the line, and teams would bank. They would exhaust the amount of fouls they had with their big men getting Shaq to the line, who oftentimes would miss both. Mm-hmm. Same thing went for Ben Wallace when he was with the Detroit Pistons. Same thing with Giannis. If, if it's a close game, I'm hack-a-freak. Yeah. I'm going to hack Giannis because the guy can't shoot free throws. I think he's shooting 54%. He had four out of five late, but I think he was like one for his first seven. And I know from the three-point line, he was one for his first eight. And, and until Giannis figures out or is told, stop shooting the three. It's like when your leadoff hitter hits a home run 
on opening day. And for the rest of the year, the guy that has hit like three career home runs does nothing but swing for the fences. You know that's going to be a problem because that's all he's going to think about. The same thing goes for Giannis. If he hits a three early, you're going to see eight threes out of Giannis. There is in no way, no world, no good recipe, no good game plan, no good design for Giannis Adetokounmpo should be shooting eight threes in a basketball game. Yeah. Especially a playoff game. Especially a playoff game against this Nets team that is so soft inside that he should be able to sit on the block, get to the rim, and get his 30, 35 points. He had 33 last night. First half, it was great to see Giannis actually go. And in the second half, either Brooklyn decided, nope, we're going to build that wall, and we know Giannis is going to try to force up turnaround jumpers, Mm -hmm. or he's going to settle for shots from the outside. NBA teams are begging Giannis to shoot. They are begging Giannis to shoot from six feet and further because they know he can't. He absolutely cannot do it. That comes, to, that comes back to the coach. If you're Mike Budenholzer, who has been a terrible playoff coach, great regular season coach, all those wins with the Hawks before he got to Milwaukee, and he's had 60-plus plus win seasons and whatnot, and you know all these high expectations. You have to tell your, your star. You have to tell your team. Your offense has to change because the Raptors did it first, the Heat did it last year, and you're seeing it out of the, the nets at times. You build the wall, Giannis can't do anything. Drive and kick. Have somebody else like Chris Middleton, who had a great night last night. He had 35. Those guys. You know, uh, Bryn Forbes is a, a gunner on this team. Hell, P.J. Tucker and Blake Griffin, or Blake, Brooke Lopez, excuse me, are guys that are hitting outside shots. But this doesn't come down to P.J. Tucker. It doesn't come down to... Bryn Forbes, it kind of comes down to Chris Middleton, it kind of comes down to Drew, but it really, Drew Holiday, it really comes down to Yadis and Denikumbo. Can he alter his game? Can he make the right decisions with the basketball? Can he get the ball in the hole and figure out how to make free throws. It's just that simple. Mm-hmm. It comes down to Giannis. He has to be great for the Bucks to win. He can't be good. He can't mm-hmm. be average. He has to be great. And on the flip side, gosh, it's, 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 watching Kevin Durant is unbelievable. Yeah. My question is, why isn't the former defensive player of the year, Giannis Adetokounmpo, on Kevin Durant? They're putting P.J. Tucker on him, who's a very good defender. We know what an elite defender P.J. Tucker is. Mm-hmm. But Giannis is, I'm sorry, but Kevin Durant is nine inches taller than P.J. Tucker. When he elevates and that shot goes up, He's over P.J. Tucker's arm and head. Put Giannis on him late. How many fouls Giannis committed last night? About to say, I have no idea. Normally I would say six because he fouls out a lot. Uh, Yeah. I think it was one. Wow. One foul for Giannis, which is great because it keeps him in the game. But late in the game, that's the guy whose long arm should be up defending Kevin Durant and trying to figure out ways to keep KD off the scoreboard because... I think I've gotten to the point where every time I see Kevin Durant shoot, I think it's going in. Mm-hmm. I believe it's going to wind up going in. <sighs> Frustration. When is game four? Sunday? Is that right? Uh, Sunday? I believe so, yeah. No? My wife's going to have to live with me and be an antsy all weekend because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to want to get to that one. Um, I don't believe Milwaukee wins Sunday. I think that 
They lose Sunday. They That's lose a tough loss to take, though. They You've lose Tuesday. You've got to make it a best of three. I think they Sunday, they lose Tuesday, and Budenholzer is fired by this point next week. That's just my best guess. I don't think... I don't think the Nets are going to shoot as poorly as they did, and I don't think Milwaukee can get contributions outside of Giannis and Middleton to to win what three of the next four, right? Mm. I don't think it can. I don't think it can. I hope I'm wrong. I got my Bucks hat on today. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, so the national media flipped on Aaron Rodgers after six tweets and two videos of a guy in shorts. That's next. Phone lines are open. 515-244-1350. This is Wicket's World on 1350 ESPN. Thirteen fifty ESPN. Mike Wicked with you here on Wicked's World. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM, and also like us on Facebook. We are streaming on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Hello, if you are watching, thank you so much for hanging out. Producer Pete is here. Cubs baseball coming your way in ten minutes, right here on thirteen fifty ESPN. So earlier this week, something crazy happened in the NFL. Uh, apparently, a lot of the national media is like, "Well, hang on now." I guess we don't need that MVP. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, it was two days ago. It was on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, Jordan Love, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, maybe this year, maybe next year, whatever, who had previously had a terrible day at minicamp, had a great practice. And one great practice all of a sudden changed everything. ESPN's Rob Domovsky, good friend of mine. He wrote on Twitter, What a stretch for Jordan Love. Wheel route to A.J. Dillon, sideline 30 yards. Free play deep to Lazard for 45. Deep corner route to Juwan Winfrey for 30. Deep sideline pass to Aaron Jones for 30. Matt Schneiderman, who writes for uh, The Athletic. Jordan Love with his fourth dime of practice. An absolutely perfect throw in tight coverage to Aaron Jones down the sideline. Impressive catch by Jones, and Love is now getting fanned off by couches, uh, coaches because he is on fire. Ryan Wood, Green Bay Press-Gazette. Jordan Love just made his best throw of the offseason, dropping a pass to A.J. Dillon over the shoulder down the right sideline between linebacker Chris Barnes and safety Adrian Amos. Nice catch by Dillon, too. Love overthrew some deep balls yesterday, but that one was perfect. There are more of these, and it was one practice. And remember, they're wearing shorts, <laughs> okay? Afterwards, after his best practice as a as a pro player here's what uh, the future quarterback potentially maybe we don't know this is what jordan love have to, had to say when he was asked if he would be ready to start week one we'll have it for you here in just a second well maybe we'll get it to you <laughs> eventually we'll get it to you i hit that program one button and the black button up above there you go no black one there you go. extremely valuable reps to 100%. There you go. Um, obviously, this is a time where you know, I'm getting a lot of extremely valuable reps that you know, I might not have been getting in a normal circumstance. So uh, you know, I'm just I'm, you know, going to take it day by day. And, uh, you know, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm a, I was drafted here to play quarterback, so uh, I'll definitely be ready week one. He said the right thing. Mark, that's what he, he, that's um, what he said. You can turn it off. This, that's what he said. You know, he said all the right things. It's fine. Mm-hmm. 
So then, you know, the conversation is like, well, if Jordan Love can play, maybe they don't have to. Maybe the Packers have the leverage in the deal with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, maybe all of a sudden Green Bay can be the one to push everybody around. Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports uh, Radio and on FS1 said something to me, which is, or said something to the world, which I have been screaming for a while. And that is, when you're the three-time MVP, when you're the Hall of Famer, when you are Aaron Rodgers, does it really matter if he comes to minicamp at all? Does it matter at all? You don't need him there. Let me just say this. In terms of just football, let's just talk football and not personality. It doesn't matter that he's not there. It doesn't matter. Tom Brady, no TAs, no minicamp, no preseason. New staff won the Super Bowl. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers had no OTAs, no minicamp, no preseason, and won the MVP. L.A. Rams coach Sean McVay proved it to us. The old Neanderthal ways of football off-seasons is a bunch of nonsense. If you're a top veteran player, you do not need to take a snap. A snap in the preseason or a minicamp. Forget OTAs and minicamp. That's all this is that Aaron's missing. The preseason's overrated for Aaron Rodgers. Listen, if you're going to ask players to play now 17 games at a regulated level of violence, cut back on the off-season nonsense for the veterans. Jordan Love needs the snaps. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. He needs the snaps. Yeah, it's, so, it's very true. I don't think Aaron Rodgers... And look what Tom Brady did last year. Brand new team, none of this, none of that. A whole lot of these... Veteran quarterbacks have no need to even be there in May and June. There's no need. And Aaron's one of those guys, and he knows it. He's two years into LaFleur's system. He obviously had it pretty well mastered last year. As long as he's there for training camp, Aaron can spend the offseason in Hawaii doing whatever he's doing with Shailene Woodley, planning his wedding for all I care. I don't care. No care whatsoever. Because he knows the offense. He knows the system. He knows where everybody is supposed to be. He knows what is going on with this roster. Jordan Love is doing exactly what he needs to be doing. Here's more from Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Andrew Brandt used to work for the Green Bay Packers. He had a tweet this morning that to me said it all. Quote, the Packers would never admit it, but they'd be fine with Aaron skipping minicamp and some training camp. When Favre stayed in Mississippi those off-season, we got to see Aaron run the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is fine. Favre kept bouncing in and out. Favre didn't want to be there. Favre knew he didn't need the off-season. He didn't need the mini-camp and the OTAs and all of that. And neither does Aaron Rodgers. If Patrick Mahomes didn't want to show up at Chiefs mini-camp, It'd be fine. Andy Reid's, he knows Andy Reid's offense. He's won an MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's been to two Super Bowls with Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes needs the month of August. And maybe not even that. Aaron Rodgers needs the month of August. And maybe not even that. Tom Brady needs the month of August. And maybe not even that to get back to a Super Bowl. Same thing goes for some of these other veterans in the NFL. So it was ridiculous for every, anybody to think that Aaron Rodgers has to be there. Now, getting back to Jordan Love. Jordan Love's still not ready. 
All right. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about what two videos and six tweets and a written account of what Jordan Love did. Jordan Love's not ready. But this, you know, people are saying this is going to be hot girl summer. Pete, hot girl summer. Mm -hmm. That's what everyone's saying. This is, (laughs) (laughs) which is great. But this is Jordan Love's summer. This is a great time for Jordan Love to show the Packers brass what he has. Because if the Packers and Rodgers can somehow make up and go at this one more year, a swan song, a Jordan-like final year, whatever. And everybody knows that Jordan moved on. Or everybody, I'm sorry, everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers won't be on this team a year from now. Use this summer to figure out what you got to do. How do you have to get Jordan Love ready? Because he's the future. Aaron's the short-term future. I'd love it if Aaron would sign a, you know, a two-year extension. And that, but I think that this is the, the agreement will be one more year. And then we'll do whatever you want. You know, whatever the case may be, wherever you want us to try. Maybe it's like you come back for one more. We'll send you wherever you want to go one more, you know, in a year or whatever. But this is great for Jordan Love. One practice does not a starter make in my mind. One practice does not an MVP or a Hall of Famer make like Aaron Rodgers. But everything that, went, that, that the Packers went through with Favre and Rodgers is being mirrored 17 years later, which is wild, 16 years later, which is wild to me. It's unbelievable because Jordan Love has a great skill set. Based on all these accounts coming from these Packers writers out of minicamp, he looks the part. He sounds the part. You just heard him. He sounds the part. And I... Listen, as a Green Bay Packers fan, I hope Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he will be, but I hope he is better than Aaron Rodgers. We are out of here. Cubs baseball is coming up next. Thanks to producer Pete. We'll be back next Friday. Thanks for listening to Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Have yourself a great weekend. Don't forget ESPNDesMoines.com to podcast anything you may have missed. Cubs baseball coming up now on 1350 ESPN.